You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. In this episode, Future Net Zero News Editor Johnny Bairstow spoke with Andrew Hurdle, Head of EV Charging and Growth Transformation at British Gas Business. They discussed how electric vehicles can advance the net zero agenda and what British Gas Business is doing to accelerate the journey towards net zero. Hello everyone and welcome to this podcast with Future Net Zero. Today I'll be talking to Andrew Hurdle, Head of EV Charging and Growth Transformation at British Gas Business. Uh, Andrew, could you tell us a bit about yourself and how are you doing today? Yeah, hi Johnny. Uh, so I'm Andrew Hurdle. I head up the B2B or SME and mid-market EV business within British Gas. So that's everything from simple single charger installations right through to managed solutions for workplaces and destination charging in commercial premises. And then alongside the EV business, I also lead growth transformation for business services. Uh, doing okay, thanks. Uh, just juggling the uh, the work-life balance with uh, kids at home and working from home at the same time. <laughs> You're still working from home then? Still working from home. So we're beginning to open up some sites now in a, in a test capacity, um, but uh, not, not where I am at the moment. Yeah, I'm back in the office today because it gives us the reliable internet line. So that's a godsend. Um, <laughs> but yeah. It's a, it is strange getting used to this new world we're living in. Uh, on, on that subject, I suppose, one thing that hasn't gone away is net zero, uh, whether coronavirus is here or not. And as head of EV charging and growth transformation at British Gas Business, what are your thoughts on how electric vehicles can actually help us move along the net zero agenda and continue to progress it? A lot of people I speak to now are much more interested in EVs because of the cost of ownership and increasing ease of ownership, something which wasn't yeah. the case even a few years ago. And I think the big yeah, tipping it's point changing now... changing very quickly. Exactly, exactly. And I think the big tipping point now is that the personal business case for investing in an EV has been reached, particularly with benefit-in-kind tax changes this year. And that commercial decision is still what drives the majority of the market. And with the emissions and net zero's impact being a big second, in some ways, it feels like EV adoption for car owners has become more of a hygiene factor now in terms of why not, rather than seeking out a net zero specific solution, I think. And with that, you see a big shift in terms of a lot of the emphasis has moved on to the step change in charging requirements across workplaces, homes and venues, which I think is something all businesses need to consider and which potentially opens up new revenue streams for them uh, if they're prepared to open up their charge points for semi-public or, or public access. And then I think from a commercial net zero perspective, EV really does play a big part in the ability for firms to reduce their carbon emissions across their fleets. And I'm sure lots of people have covered this before, but you're seeing big announcements regularly from companies now, from delivery firms going EV through to field fleets like Royal Mail and BT. And that's supported by existing vehicle manufacturers, but also by new firms, the likes of, uh, I guess, Arrival and Co, with some really interesting vehicle configurations, which makes it even more attractive to think about adopting EV. So I think EV is integral to net zero, but I think EV has gone beyond just being followed for a net zero contribution. Yeah, like you say, the, now it makes more and more economic sense as time goes on. So that kind of makes the decision for people in many ways, especially for businesses. But considering we started this conversation with mention of coronavirus, which uh, pervades every conversation at the moment, do you think that's had an impact on EV adoption? Because both domestically and for businesses, people are having to tighten their purse strings, aren't they? Undoubtedly, you can't shy away from the economic impact of COVID-19. And sadly, as you said, that's a negative impact for most businesses and households. And we see that in terms of either the level of investment available 
or with complete postponement of electrification projects currently. And we've also seen the impact on supply chains though, from cars through to chargers, through to installation components. So we've seen delays from global manufacturers through to domestic ones alike. Thankfully, everyone is now largely back to normal, but if we're honest, we're in a brave new world. So any big lockdowns or changes globally throughout the winter will likely have an impact again. And I think you see that roll on to the wider impact of EV adoption. Um, I think it's still to be seen what that impact is, but you can see how hard the manufacturers are pushing off as currently. So a lot will depend on consumer demand and confidence over the next few quarters. If I had to guess, I think EV adoption will be six to nine months behind where we hoped. So with this year billed as the mass adoption year, I think that's likely to flow into the second half of next year. Yeah, well, that's not a, a massive delay considering everything that's happened. Uh, I'm glad to hear that progress is still happening on the EV front, uh, as it will continue to do so, I'm sure. Uh, but how has your EV team had to adapt for in this new situation, the coronavirus uh, world we're now living in? Yeah, so we, we're in a relatively strong position already in terms of the fact that we, we invest heavily in our virtual and online journeys. So, for example, during lockdown, we rolled out some technology called our virtual engineers, uh, which meant that we could complete surveys to give accurate costs for installing charges on a site without having to actually go to a site. And that's something we're really proud of because we know that most of the kind of competitors in the market cost by rate card, which leaves customers open to last minute cost change. And we found that most customers don't actually know how many charges they want or where to put. So having a conversation with our engineers really helps develop that solution and tease out what's right for them. Yeah, how does that work exactly, that process? So we'll schedule a survey with a customer. Um, uh, they'll have got in touch with us and we'll get in touch with them. Then we do some remote surveying in advance using scale drawings uh, to understand the site overall and then discuss their requirements and possibilities with them over the phone. But alongside that, we'll send them a unique link which they can open up so they can walk us around their site. So they can show us their building. We can see the internal cable runs, the, the types of walls, how many walls there are, for example, the type of ground that might need digging in the car park. And what's unique about the tech is it means that they don't need to download an app or anything like that. They just simply click on the link uh, on their phone or on a tablet or even a laptop and we can screen share and walk around the site together. And we've had really great feedback to date because it means that we can keep our customers COVID secure and fit in around their timings more easily with no site disruption. And then at the back end, we've obviously got uh, a load of jobs that need to be installed right now. Um, and that's about on-site safety and customer safety uh, for jobs at the installation phase. So for those, we've, we've largely just added to our standard health and safety and pre-construction processes to make sure the customer's aware of COVID secure requirements from the government. So that makes sure that when we arrive, we get the job done to time with the minimum of disruption uh, and make it easy end-to-end -end for the customers. It just now extends a bit further to ensure that the COVID safe elements are fully understood by the customer and uh, they're ready for those works to go ahead. Yeah, th these steps are very important, aren't they? Because it's one thing for a business to say, we want to decarbonize, uh, we want to turn half of our vans or all of our vans electric. Uh, but there's so much kind of behind the scenes and underground, literally, uh, that might not be immediately apparent. So they, they need companies like yours to kind of walk them through those steps. And how, how do you help the customers realize their EV visions um, and kind of create them in the way that they want to so they can achieve their targets? Yeah, absolutely. As you say, there's, there's a lot to it. And actually, uh, it can be a bit daunting for businesses when they're first looking at this, particularly when they're trying to focus on running their businesses. 
Yeah, it's not as simple as just buying seven vans, is it? No, no, exactly. Sadly not. Um, so at a headline level, what we offer is an end-to-end service for EV enablement. So from charge supply through installation and maintenance and ongoing management, we can do as much or as little as a customer requires to make sure that their installation delivers as they expect for both their drivers and as as owners and operators themselves. Um, yeah. But with the peace of mind that one of the UK's most trusted brands uh, gives to that and all of that starts with a free survey so from that initial conversation we can explore a customer's requirements and work with them to define the best solution for their needs and their budget so the aim is to simplify that process so that a business can focus on what's most important to them so it's a whole pa- the whole package really yeah abs- a whole package absolutely and because we're hardware agnostic we can bring to the table a range of manufacturers or work with the customer's preferred hardware provider if they've got one do so we see a lot of businesses who have got maybe one charger from a few years ago or a couple of chargers from a few years ago and they obviously don't want to view that as a sunk cost and lose it completely but they want it integrated with their new charging capabilities as well so we can look to match that or look to have a software back end that matches to that as well and all of our call center staff that support our customers can work across multiple software solutions to manage that driver and owner experience and we also as a large company have a variety of kind of financing and uh, payment solutions for customers which is incredibly important right now obviously because of covid but also because of the ev uh, rollout piece can be expensive depending on how far you want to take it for your business yeah and as head of ev charging you're going to be very positive about evs but what are the customers actually saying about them the customers the businesses that have already transitioned have there been any difficulties that people have faced that they haven't expected and what barriers do you think have had to be overcome yeah absolutely so i guess you get two sides to that first is uh, barriers with evs and the second is kind of concerns and what we hear from customers regarding the installation of their charging infrastructure so i think historically the ev feedback was that actually getting hold of them was a real challenge so they just weren't in the market that's obviously going to be changed this year and next year because there's so many vehicles coming to market and the yeah the there were bottlenecks as well weren't there absolutely and i think those have largely gone now or certainly will go uh, over the next six to twelve months From an installation perspective, uh, in terms of when we speak to customers day to day, we see a real range of customer types from car dealerships who are required to meet a car manufacturer's specification of X charges in Y locations, right through to small businesses looking for a single charger. But the most common thing I see is the education journey that we go on with customers. So most customers I speak to don't know how many charges they need or what speed or where to have. So we work with them to go on that journey by exploring some key questions, for example, how big's the car park? Where are people coming from? Do you want to have billable charging functionality? And all of those key questions allows us to build the right solution for the customer rather than leaving them to fend for themselves and, and to try and decide what they need. Yeah, it's a complicated world. So uh, I'm, I'm sure they're glad to have someone helping them. Absolutely. I think the, the common barriers once a customer has decided what they need normally comes down to energy, site supply and cost. So on the cost element, we always work with the customer to find the right solution. And that's obviously around deciding where you want your charges uh, to avoid expensive civils works, etc. And the second bit is current power supply to site, which is something that most businesses might not consider because they just view it as the commodity and the bill piece. But that's something we confirm as far as possible at the survey stage. So the customers know how much supply they have today, how much future power they'll use through those charges, and if they need a new connection or an upgrade. So where site power is an issue, we take away all the hassle, deal with the deal with the DNOs on the customer's behalf, and also offer things like dynamic load balancing as part of our solution, 
which means that customers can avoid costly new connections and realize the best balance of charger and user experience. And we just make sure that all of our chargers run at the rates they're installed to without impacting the rest of the business. And that's something that gives businesses of all size peace of mind in terms of making sure that their infrastructure that they've invested in works as they expect it to. Yeah, that's it really with EVs, isn't it? Historically, the barrier has kind of been insecurity, whether that's about range or a lack of knowledge, meaning that people are scared to commit to it or that they weren't cost, uh, cost competitive. But all of those things are changing now. You've explained to me there how you help your customers. But in terms of internal affairs at Centrica, how is Centrica adopting EVs? Uh, or, uh, do you have a company car? Is that electric? Uh, so so it's it's not yet, sadly. Uh, I'm looking to get one. It's, it's, it's trying to find the right size. I guess I'm stuck in that uh, position of finding the right size vehicle as a, as a family of four plus a dog who does long drives. Uh, so I don't do a lot of small commuting, sadly. Um, but I like guess, you say, there's a, there's a whole new range of models coming out, aren't there? So uh, you'll be spoiled for choice before too long. I am expecting to. I, I was I was on the pre-order deposit list, but uh, they've just pushed back the release of what I was looking for until next year. So sadly, it's not going to be uh, this summer. Maybe next. But I'll from, cross uh, from, my fingers for you. Yeah, thank you very much. From a, from a crew perspective, we we try to walk the walk. So uh, we've been using electric vehicles and plug-in hybrids for more than six years as part of a, a wider fleet of almost twelve thousand vehicles. So f- about four percent of those vehicles have moved to EV now. And across those EV vehicles that we've had, we've done over one point seven million miles of them. So we're, we're a big user uh, of EV to date as our most recent partnership with Voxel highlights in terms of the fact that we've just placed an order for a thousand engineer vans to become electric initially. Yeah. Um, and that's part of our wider. I suppose you need to uh, have kind of walked to the walk and practiced yeah. what you preach in terms of your own fleet. Otherwise, you won't be able to identify all the issues that could arise and the best ways to do things for your customers. Absolutely, absolutely. So a lot of it is about the use case. So do you regularly use charges? Do you know how to use them? So sadly, I am the outlier within the team in terms of being (laughs) non-EV, but the rest of the guys do uh, and live and breathe by that. So we live and breathe the pain points that our customers experience and that their customers experience in terms of employees or visitors. So we understand that side of stuff. And of course, we have plenty of charges at our offices and support our employees with home installations as well. So there's a solid feedback loop there in terms of understanding what works and what doesn't work. Does that fit into the business model and kind of, not even the business model, does that fit into the psychology of the staff quite well? Are people uh, getting used to turning up and charging their cars and uh, maybe even moving their cars off the charger when someone else needs to charge theirs? I'm not sure how it all works. Absolutely. I think it's a really interesting piece that in terms of it goes into almost workplace politics, doesn't it? Um, in terms of can yeah, you turn yeah. up and leave your car there for the day or do you need to move it when you're when you're done? The truth yeah, you don't insi- want to get the reputation of hogging the <laughs> easy charger. <laughs> exactly. The truthful insight is that it's very much site specific. So there's no company wide policy. I think that's probably a bit draconian for this stage. Um, but you see different practices at different sites. So where there's sites that have a lot of EV drivers, they'll kind of club together or have a group or a form whereby They'll charge up when they're done, they'll move on. In other offices where there's not a lot of demand, the guys will just stay in the bay for the day. Uh, And I think it's evolving over time. But that's where technology becomes more important and that software piece becomes more important because of over time, as EV adoption increases, you will need to find solutions to that. And working with people who lived and breathed that experience before will help make that solution easier for our customers as well. Great. So I I think all of your answers have been very informative and uh, will uh, definitely have helped our business listeners out there uh, clarify what they want to do in terms of EVs. But if someone's interested in learning more about what EVs could mean for them and their business, what are the first steps they can take to get started on that journey? 
So they can either email us directly at evcommercialsales.com or visit the website for more information. And hopefully we can share the link on the same page as this podcast. But it all starts with a conversation uh, and then followed up by a, a free survey to understand the customer's requirements and build the right solution for them uh, and understand exactly what they need. Perfect. Well, uh, thank you very much, Andrew. And I look forward to talking to you again in the future uh, once you get your electric car. Super. Cheers, Johnny. Pleasure speaking to you. You have been listening to a Future Net Zero podcast, along with our partner, British Gas. This has been a promoted podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com. Future Net Zero. Better business, better planet.